Drunk Dietitians is co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. These dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Their mission is for all humans to believe that they were made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. They are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although these ladies are medical professionals, they are human too. They are not afraid to share their deepest, darkest secrets and how years of their lives were taken by diet culture. They started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join Sammy and Jenna for a casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Drunk Dietitians. Today, we had one of my very close friends who Sam and I actually have both worked with in the past, Miss um, Shelby Thoreau, which again, I hope I said that correctly. You did. I did, right? Okay. Um, Shelby is a dietitian and she's also a very passionate runner, but also how she would clarify or classify it as a racer. So she really dug today into the difference between running and racing and having that passion for racing. Um, and Shelby has a beautiful story of where her passion for racing started and where it is today that I really don't even want to tell you much more about it because she... It, I won't be able to do it justice um, versus the way that she so eloquently speaks about her story and its connection to um, her fiance. So Sam, because I'm just going to blabble and give it all away. Anything you want to add to that? No. And I, and I think it, I don't think it gives it away. I mean, obviously we do no justice telling Shelby's story and how she said it, but I think it's okay to say that, like what is a part of her story, because I think so many people can relate, like losing a loved one um, and going through that and how that trickle effects in so many different ways. And so Shelby's story of like where her passion came from and just, it's, it's so beautiful and she was so vulnerable. And I think this is so, this podcast is so much more than about racing and nutrition. Um, although those are two, you know, points of the triangle here today. I think that this goes into a lot more, um, and, and just like life and, and how it's so unexpected and how it can come at us in so many different ways, but just her story is, is so beautiful. She really hits on to the power of some really key things that we speak about often on this podcast, um, about the importance of a community and support and honoring your body and respecting your body uh, and really just finding your passion. She does a beautiful job at all those things. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. She's such a special person and she's just launched her coaching business. So we're excited to help her in this route as well. So without further ado, we have Miss Shelby today at Racia to the Kitchen on Instagram and listen along. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Drunk Dietitians. I have a huge smile on my face right now because we are about to interview one of my favorite human beings, Miss um, Shelby Thoreau. Did I say that right? I've actually realized that I've never asked you <laughs> to pronounce your last name. Um, okay, perfect. So Shelby and I met probably 
six or seven years ago now, we all actually, all three of us worked in the same or worked for the same company. Um, and our relationship was strictly through business and work for the first couple of years. And then it's blossomed into like the most beautiful friendship. Shelby is one of the most inspirational humans I've ever met. We've gotten to know each other on a personal level as well as a professional level. Um, and she recently launched a new Instagram that highlights her love and passion for running and what it means to her called Racia to the Kitchen because she's also a phenomenal chef and shares the most ridiculous recipes that make me feel like I have no business being in the kitchen. <laughs> um, and without further ado, I don't want to say too much about her as a human being that I love so much and can't wait to share her story with you guys today. I didn't mention that she's also a dietitian. I was going to say, we're, we're a big piece of info out here. <laughs> she's also a dietitian and a fellow food and wine lover like us. So Shelby, after Sam does a little this or that, we're going to have you share a little bit more about you, everything that I didn't say right there. Um, but first, we want to get to know you in a different way. All right, Shelby. So don't be nervous. We, we just like to play a little game. If you've listened yeah. to any of our previous episodes, yeah. you may have I'm heard prepared. these. Oh, she's prepared. Here we go. Uh, all right. So, honor. I know I'm, I, I like don't have anything in front of me, so I'm totally just going to like go crazy and come okay. up with stuff. Let's do all it. Right, but we'll do some of the, the tried and trues as well. So wine or beer? Wine. Vodka or tequila? Tequila. Coffee or tea? Coffee all day. Okay. Um, Hot dogs or hamburgers? I think hamburgers. Yes, hamburgers. <laughs> I always say the reason I stopped being a vegetarian was because of burgers. So, burgers. <laughs> okay. Oh, so wait, you were a vegetarian. This is just off the cuff. Yes. How long were you a vegetarian for? Um, I was seven years. I was I was pescatarian for seven okay. years. Yeah. Okay. And then I had a burger in Yountville in Napa Valley that like angels sang from the heavens and I could never go back again. <laughs> I, but now I'm plant-based. That's how I would like if I felt like classifying myself. Okay. This is, I'm going to totally make this about me for a second, but I know Jenna will laugh at this. I tried to go vegetarian for one day in college and it was a Saturday, a football Saturday at Penn State. And then I ate <laughs> buffalo chicken dip and I never went back. Yeah. That's her favorite food. I'm <laughs> truly, like, I think this idea of just like being inclusive of more plants, I'm obsessed with because that was, that's the way to go, I think, with it. And I was one of those people that like went vegetarian and was like, French fries don't have meat and like cheese doesn't have meat. And was so unhealthy at first. And then the more I started cooking was then when I kind of realized like, oh, this is how I make this kind of like work for me. Um, but then the inclusion of meat kind of like went in that direction too. Yeah. In its own yeah. Way. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, all right. So we usually ask Netflix and chill or night out on the town, <laughs> but due to quarantine, I would assume <laughs> you would like a night out on the town now. I could be wrong. I mean, uh, I would love to go to like a sushi restaurant right now, I think would be ideal. Um, but generally I'm fine being at home. So under normal circumstances, I still think my, my answer would probably be Netflix and chill. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> snow or sand? Hmm. Sand. Yeah. Awesome. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? I'm sorry, Jenna. Smooth all the way. Oh, I crunchy, love how she knows. Crunchy she knows. makes me angry. <laughs> 
I love this. Never understand that, but I will respect your opinion. <laughs> My mom started liking Crunchy, and she started buying it, and I like put it on something, and I was like, "What? It? What happened here?" It, it annoys me very much. Yeah. So smooth all we've the had, way. We've had people like DMing us now about this battle, like who have been like <laughs> our our biggest fans and listening. So I feel yeah. like we're gonna have to really. We're gonna have to get some sponsorship from some peanut butter brands soon. Um, <laughs> all right, and then last one here. If you could have one thing in the world in limitless quantities, but not money, what would it be and why? Dogs. Um, I think as humans, we don't deserve dogs. And I like truly, it, I've almost gotten no puppy like during this quarantine. I feel like at least once a week because I'm home <laughs> so much and I'm like, why not? Um, I just think that like dogs bring so much joy into our lives and they're this source of companionship that, you know, we can't begin to even comment on. So, and I think dogs would be like the kind of first thing to my mind answer. Yeah. And tell everybody what your dog's name is, please. My dog's name is Pesto. Um, <laughs> my late fiance actually came up with the name, and I, when I got her, there was no other name for my my corgi name, Pesto. She's the light of my life. <laughs> my, so, just really quickly, so we don't take away from like the meat of this story, for a little pun intended there, but you know, Shelby and I have spent some weekends together, and our dogs have become friends. And the last time we were together, um, our dogs got in like this little fight. They like are, were best friends, like inseparable and got into this little fight over my husband. And so now I'm like terrified to have them together again. But he heard, <laughs> Quincy heard me say pesto and came running from his little nap time space before. So the love is still there. The love is still there. <laughs> dogs have short memories, which I yeah. think we can learn from. And they they, let it they're go. so good at like, yeah, they like let go when they get in fights. Like so much easier yep. than humans yeah <laughs> we should all learn from it <laughs> speaking of um anyways can you tell us first kick it off for us let me mute myself um with a little more more about you um and really just go right into wherever you feel most comfortable thank you Sure. So um, like Jenna said, I'm a dietitian. I'm also a uh, RRCA certified um, running coach. Um, and I feel like my journey with nutrition uh, was really born out of finding comfort and love of food that wasn't kind of like shackled by all of these preconceived notions of, of diets and certain like body image things. And I think in their own way, both cooking and running, um, specifically racing, kind of brought me to that level of love and acceptance with food, which is where kind of my my Instagram and my coaching business um, was born from, from those two ideas. Because I think in their own way, both learning to cook and having a training plan for a race can really bring you to that sense of understanding of fuel um, and that level of comfort um, with your body. So that's kind of where my whole Instagram came from. And then with running, it kind of gave me this way to kind of share my whole story of, you know, me kind of becoming comfortable with my body and also me becoming like stronger um, and more, um, you know, okay mentally. Uh, and that was more, I think, born a little bit from racing. And I find I read a lot of uh, books by runners. I love um, their stories, especially ultra runners, because I think the power of our minds when it comes to 
uh, accomplishing something like a running a race, especially maybe long distance endurance races, so much of it is about your mental integrity and the physical stuff is kind of just underlying. Like you have that base, but it's what you do with that experience that really brings you to that next level. And I read these stories and I kind of think about it. And just because these people are elevated to a level where there may be household names or maybe names in the running community, I think about it and I was like, you know, if I was to share my story, I think people could maybe get something out of that. And just because I'm not, you know, a famous marathon winner, um, I think that it's something that I should start sharing through the racing that I do and through the food and the cooking that I love. And I found as I've started to work with people, it is kind of that experience that connects you with your clients the most. And it's what's made me better at helping them is by letting them know, you know, certain successes that they have because of where they put their mind is wonderful and they should lean into that. And how when it is a more maybe like struggle or challenge that they're facing, it's, you know, it's okay. And this is how we kind of grow from that. And it's all really sort of led me to that point of having this Instagram and having this ability to kind of share my story and my love of kind of helping people with two of my passions, but also with my own experience. For the record, if anybody listening listened to our episode with Little List Fitness, um, that was released previously. In that episode, I talk about how my running friends set my mind straight about my mindset about a race and how after I ran a half marathon, I couldn't imagine, you know, that only being halfway. It was Shelby who was like, (laughs) if you were a marathon runner, your mindset would be, it wasn't only halfway, it was, yay, you're halfway, which is a reframe that I think is very powerful that runners have the ability to do. And that's really my mental integrity with something like that has always been a challenge. Can you relate them? Yes. I ran, <laughs> I ran about four half marathons and I think every single one of them, I like literally crossed the finish line and be like, thank God this was <laughs> over. So no wonder I could barely do it. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think that it's so true with body image, with fitness, with food. It's, it's all about the mindset. It's really wild. And, and I think too, that that's where, when you're more in tune with your running, like I talk a lot about just being really intuitive about how you felt. And I think there are parallels to intuitive eating and kind of intuitive running almost because you like, for example, yesterday I went out and I was supposed to be in Disney world doing a half marathon this past weekend. Um, (laughs) And obviously I wasn't. And I kind of wanted to still do the 13.1, but I went out thinking I was only going to do eight miles. And that was all I kind of like mentally thought I was going to be capable of yesterday because I felt kind of fatigued, whatever. And I three miles in literally ran into my running friend who lives in the neighborhood. And she was kind of like, I don't know how much I'll do. And we ended up doing a half. We did our 13.1. And it's because I just, I had a friend, I had support. And I really wanted to accomplish this goal. And you just change the way you think about something. And it really does. Like, again, the physical fitness is there. It's not to say that a person who's maybe never run before and didn't put in some of the work in that physical department is going to be capable of achieving, you know, an endurance goal like that. There are some like wild cards out there who it's amazing to me what they're able to do. 
but the the mental part of it is huge and it's kind of the biggest thing that you're training especially i think when you get into the half and above um for sure because like you said sammy like i've got most of my halves i've done an equal amount now I've done 17 halves and 17 fulls and when I get to the end of a half I absolutely like never understand like how I've done it twice in the same day because it's just like what you're ready to do on that day yeah you should anybody listening like you probably saw well you can't see us if you're just listening but Jenna and I are like what <laughs> and how many races I want to do the math on how many miles that is whoo baby yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's a lot but I've got a lot more to go my my goal um is to do a full in every state so in That's those awesome. 17 fulls I've got I think 13 13 or 14 states, I'm, I'm forgetting right now. I repeated Florida and I repeated New York. And then one of mine was in Washington, DC. So I think it's 14 states. That's amazing. So, yeah. so that is my goal. I, obviously, I know you and Jenna are you know, good friends. And obviously, Shelby and I knew each other at our previous company as well. But back in the day. It, yes, back <laughs> in the day. Um, when I lived in New Jersey for a little bit, but if you don't mind, I know you've kind of mentioned, you've said like my story, my story, mm -hmm. like, can you kind of share with our listeners, like what that story is and what motivates you and where your passion comes from? Sure. So I started, I hated running when I was in high school. I remember running a mile for gym class in like 12 and a half minutes and that like fully killing me, um, <laughs> lying on the infield of the track, like not even knowing how I was going to function the rest of the day. Do they still do that in schools though, by the way? Cause like, I that's don't know. <laughs> I feel I like my so. nine-year-old niece talks about the presidential like fitness test still. So I would imagine the mile like might still be happening in high school. Um, mm. but yeah, like not at all into it. And then in college, I just, I said actually a new year's resolution that I was going to try to get up to running three miles a day. And I was in school for theater. And so the movie Dream Girls had just come out like over winter break. So I used to listen to the soundtrack and every day, like get every week I would add a song. And that was how I like got up to running um, like three miles. And I stayed indoors for a really long time. And then um, after I graduated college, I kind of wanted to explore running outside. Um, and I had just started dating at the time, um, my boyfriend, Scott, and he had just gotten into running outside as well. So I was all excited because I had like booked my first half marathon. I did one of the diva runs, which I thought would be really fun because you got like a boa and a crown for the last mile. And it's like very girly. And the medal was to this date, I have probably upwards of 50 medals and it's still one of my favorites because it's massive with this big like pink jewel um so fun and scott like snuck in and ran his first half i think it was two weeks before mine and i was like so annoyed that he did it first um and he held the his, um he had had the ha faster half between the two of us for a long time um so then my next half marathon i decided to run for crohn's and colitis because my mom has crohn's disease so i thought like let me raise money it was in vegas uh, we ran the strip at night, which was super cool. Ooh, so fun. Super bizarre for fueling. Like, I would love to talk to people, like, who ever do that race. It's a bit of a mind trip with um, how you fuel for something you're starting at, like, 5.30 at night instead of 7 in the morning. Um, I remember just, like, kind of lying in the hotel room, like, not wanting to do anything because I was like, I can't, like, 
fatigue myself. <laughs> um, so after I came back from that race, I remember saying to Scott, like on the drive home from the airport, um, I'm really glad I did that second half. But if there's one thing that it taught me, it's that I am not ready to do a full marathon. And he was like, no, I, I bet you could. I bet you could. And I'm like, no, I know that I couldn't. And he was like so insistent, like that I could cut to like a month later, it's Christmas. And for Christmas, he had gotten us a weekend in Washington, D.C., um, and booked us to run the rock and roll marathon there, which was on St. Patrick's Day of 2012. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like what, what? So I was panicked and he's like, no, we'll train together. It'll be great. So I remember burning out the first week of training. I remember being in a local trail, trying to run a 10 miler and bursting into tears at mile eight, because I upped my mileage by from like maybe doing like in the high teens to like almost 30 miles. And my body was like, what are you doing? Um, so then I like took a step back and I followed a plan and we were on a 16 mile training run, probably about six weeks out from the race. And Scott, I think it was his IT band, which plagued him always. And he, he heard it so much that he was like, I'm not going to be able to do this marathon. And I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, I didn't want to do this to begin with. And now I have to do it alone. Um, so that was super nerve wracking and cut to the day of the marathon, um, Washington DC, March 17th, 2012, 82 degrees. Um, I had trained in the winter. I was like, how am I not going to like die of dehydration? I was so nervous. Everything was going to go wrong. And to date, not that I'm a super fast runner. I'm more about the endurance, but it's my best marathon time out of all of them. So, you know, again, you put your mind to something and you tell yourself like today I'm going to, you know, complete a marathon. And I remember a lot of times when you're on a half in a marathon course, there's like a point where they split the two. And this particular race, you get to mile 12 and the halves go one way and the full go the other. And all of a sudden the field usually like drops so much and you're like, hello, like where'd everybody go? So I remember getting to mile 13 and they didn't start renumbering and it just said one again. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me <laughs> that to a person. So these are all the things that if you've ever been in a race and, and you start doing more of them again, this community of, of people who, who run and who race, like very quickly, like it expands and, and you start to share in each other's stories and you all have different versions of, of that race that, you know, I thought it was going to be so beautiful. And the whole second half was like hills on a farmland. And you're like, oh yeah, I know that one. So racing, um, Scott and I finally did our first one together in Connecticut that following fall. And he struggled a lot with injuries. Um, so he had kind of decided we both wanted to do a 50 states, um, but I was gonna always do a marathon and he would do the half. That was kind of what we, what we decided on. And, um, you know, we roughly did like one or two a year was the goal. And then I was scheduled to do one in Pennsylvania in the fall of 2016. Um, and in August of 2016, uh, we were in a car accident and, and Scott was um, sort of, he was killed on impact. So kind of everything that I had ever thought about anything, you know, blew up into smoke. And I think a lot of people right now can kind of appreciate that, um, you know, I had all these things planned and now it's unknown. I think 
I've seen a lot of people grappling with that right now in particular, and it certainly bubbled up a lot of thoughts that I had at that time, um, especially even around racing. I still, I'm actually scheduled, <laughs> it's really weird. I'm scheduled this fall to do that marathon again, the Steamtown Marathon in Pennsylvania. And I think I might not be doing it again. We don't, we don't know what's gonna happen with all of this going on, but it's a chance I might get postponed again. And I still had in my email, um, the email that the race director had sent me because I couldn't train. I just um, kind of didn't know where I was going and, and running, it became something different. Um, I, I don't think I've ever shared this. I mean, people who saw me at that time, but Scott had gone for a run the day before we had left for the weekend from where we had been coming back for when the accident occurred. And I, his running shoes, I left for such a long time, like at the door, cause that's where he left them. And there was something in that to me that I think was like this talisman to like him and, and the running um, that I knew would kind of like pull me out of this funk of like, I'm still going to do this. I'm still gonna do my 50 states and I'm gonna do it for him. But it took me a while um, to get there. I did a marathon in 2017 in, February in Arizona, my slowest one I've ever done because I didn't train and I just, I just didn't have the passion there. And I really thought after that race, I didn't know if I was going to do this goal anymore. I really wasn't sure. It just felt so different. And it was the first vacation I went on, you know, as someone who didn't have him anymore. And I just kept thinking like, you know, what it, What does this even mean now to travel to these places? And, you know, ultimately what it's become now, I, I did Chicago in the fall of 2018. So I took over a year and a half before I signed up for another marathon. And I finally really got to this place mentally where it became about honoring him and the fact that I was still here and I say this a lot on my Instagram with, we are so lucky to put one foot in front of the other. And that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But ultimately, just being able to be here existing, doing something that I love is a way to honor him and to honor this goal that we had. So I still want to go to all 50 states, leave those footprints behind for the both of us and to honor his memory in that way. So even though the 50 states was a goal that I had before he passed away, now it's become, you know, something bigger than that for me in, you know, honoring something that was there before and having a continuation because so many things did change. So that's kind of, you know, the long short version of my uh, running and, and just what it means to kind of me and, and my story. So. The footprints, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I mean, you speak so eloquently and your passion. I have some, I have so many questions, but it's, it's just so beautiful to hear the way that you put that story together and the meaning behind it. Um, and your, just who you are shines so bright, but your quote about footprints is something that I've seen on your Instagram a couple different times that it's, he left footprints on my heart and I will leave footprints in every state or whatever that mm -hmm. quote is. Can you say that one? Yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm probably paraphrasing 
from someone else's poetry. I never like to, I don't ever want to steal anything from anyone, but you know, I think the message for me is, um, you know, he left footprints that will always be on my heart because, you know, the ones who love us, they don't ever leave us. And for anyone who has lost someone that they love, it's not an easy thing to wrap your head around that feeling. Um, but you know, they, they are always with us and it is in the way that we continue to live. And I, I have always felt this way, you know, ever since the accident that, you know, I wanted, I'm lucky to still be here. Um, by all accounts that shouldn't have been, uh, the way everything had happened that day. And so I am so fortunate to be able to continue leaving, you know, these footprints around hopefully the world. I mean, I think this, this small goal is 50 states, but you know, every time I complete a race and cross the finish line, you know, I, I blow a kiss up into the air. I've done it every time. And, you know, it's, it's absolutely a way that I kind of connect, I think with, with him. I, and I, I do feel that way. Speechless and have the chills everywhere. It's so beautiful. Um, can you share a little bit about how you got your passion back after the time that you took off or away mm-hmm. from running? And, you know, if there was, if somebody listening has a similar story or situation or has lost their passion for something that they loved, you know, any tips on how to either push through or get that initial first run under their belt or whatever their goal is? Sure. I think it's very important to honor whatever it is you're feeling. And I think by honoring that I didn't have to pursue endurance running for a bit was how I ultimately was able to come back to it and find that love again. I think if I had pushed myself to keep doing it and maybe even string together more races that were not times that I was used to, it would have continued to discourage me. And I think giving yourself permission to take a break is very important if you feel yourself kind of losing your passion for something. Even right now, I could speak to it with cooking. You know, I'm cooking every day for my family, and that's pretty regular for me. But one and one night a week, we always got food out, and then usually, like, I got breakfast out one day. And the fatigue that I'm feeling, not really doing that. I'm losing a little bit of my passion for cooking. And so, you know, I had a conversation with my family. I'm like, we're going to need to do something about it or the chef's going to be out the door. (laughs) Um, So I think that giving myself a break, um, I never stopped running entirely, but for a while it was really no more than like three to four miles. What ultimately brought me back to running was I did schedule the Chicago marathon which was kind of born out of, I deferred it in 2017 because of what happened in my February race. And I didn't want to defer it again. And what I ended up doing was I actually, I kind of found my running friends again, the the group of, of women that I had run with kind of prior to, you know, I, I had moved and was running more just with Scott or by myself. And I found my group of running friends again. And finding support. And again, the running community is so accepting and it is very non-discriminating of your ability, your speed, your goals. And I think that being part of a group again, 
and having the ability to talk to people about racing and feel connected to other people. On that particular race day, one of my good friends was doing a race in Rhode Island and we're in two different states, but we're thinking of each other and you have that support. So I think my two biggest takeaways from that time off were giving myself a break and allowing myself to miss it and then finding support because it was no longer, I didn't have the same support system that I had once had, but now that I have this group again, my, I think all my marathons since then, for the most part, have been scheduled with them. And so I have my travel group again, and I have my people to run with if I want to, or if I want to run my own race, I do that. But that support system um, certainly helps. And it doesn't have to be in person. And I think that was my other biggest reason for wanting to start, you know, my Instagram and start coaching was to help be that support for people who might be the one person in their friend group who decided they wanted to race and to feel connected virtually, which is so, so easy to do, honestly, um, in the world we live in. And it makes a big difference in your ability to get out there and start crossing finish lines. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I apologize. I feel like I haven't talked much for anybody watching. My eyes were definitely filled up with tears. <laughs> and I just like, I wanted to say, first off, just thank you for sharing your story. And I know something you had said before you came on was like, if you can help one person and touch one person by sharing your story, then it was worth it. And I think vulnerability and the courage to share and to be who you truly are is such an amazing trait and it, it just it truly does shine through um so that was going to be you kind of brought it into that that next realm but my question to you would be shelby how do you how does this all loop together so your passion for running your passion for nutrition and the kitchen and your race to the kitchen instagram <laughs> like so how what does it look like for people that work with you and how do you kind of pull this all together Sure. I think it's about, you know, taking wherever you find joy. And for me, cooking was a way that I connected with people. After Scott had passed away, I still wanted people over my apartment because I was used to cooking for the two of us. And like, all I wanted to do was cook for people. It was a little bizarre. Um, but I just loved that I still could do that and kind of share that we'll call it a gift. I'm not that great of a cook, um, but you know, I loved being able to do that for people. And I think that, you know, finding things that you love, which for me is cooking and is racing, finding the things that you love and really focusing on why you love it and the accomplishments and how you can still grow and create new goals for yourself that you achieve. That's kind of how you I think feel good about yourself sometimes, even when the things that you thought in your life are, aren't happening, you find this sort of celebration in something like a medal that you won in a race. And that's where the racing piece, like it's great if you run recreationally and racing isn't a part of that for you. But when you add that element in and you cross the finish line and you have, a, you know, depending on the race, some of maybe the shorter distances don't always provide you a medal or, or some sort of, you know, token of what you did. But that level of accomplishment when maybe things aren't going so well or going according to plan, 
that is always something that you could be so proud of and that you should celebrate. And I think that, you know, bringing people into that world of creating some purpose around their running and then taking care of yourself by cooking and being responsible for how you're fueling and how that makes you feel, it all sort of comes together in this really nice wrapped up package that ultimately you just feel a lot better about who you are and what you accomplish. So I think that that's sort of how all the pieces work together for me in the way that I talk to my clients. I think without a doubt, they always sort of find themselves learning themselves better through running and through being responsible for their food choices. And that means whatever it means to them. If they want to, you know, have more plants, have less plants, you know, have more sugar, have less sugar. That's not the point. It's tracking how you feel while you train. And do I feel great? And am I going to have done what I can to have a great race day that I'm going to remember? love that. I wrote down just a couple like bullets while you were talking. And I just think that every episode that we've done, there's been some parallels and consistencies across the board. And I was so excited to have you on because first of all, I love you and I love seeing your face, but you nailed every single one of them in your own words, just about, you know, the messages that we're trying to share and the importance of this podcast to us is really to highlight a couple of things that were so clear in your message. And you talked about finding your passion. That was so clear. You know, Sam and I talk about our passions on here constantly. Um, you talked about support and finding your support system and the importance of what that means in your own journey. You talked about finding your community, which can be a part of your support system. But I think there is a lot of differences in that too. You need to have your support people, but also your support community and to be a part of something is really important, especially when trying something new. You okay. talked about honoring your your body, fueling your body and resting your body just as important as the training itself too. And I just feel like it was right. Like just overall, those messages were so clear in your whole story and just this entire episode. And I hope people really picked up on that and what a consistency that is for us and everything that we're trying to do here. So thank you for bringing all of that to light. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not it just kind of works out that way. And I think, again, that's why, that's why race it, like, it just, it just works. It just, it's, I, I say to, you know, people who maybe like the body image thing is a reason that they started running and it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't for the right reasons, but if they wanted to start running, let's say to, to try and lose weight, if you incorporate racing, it's a lot easier for me to look in the mirror and see that, you know, my legs have carried me over 17, 26.2 mile finishes. It's a lot easier for me to love everything about the way that I look, knowing that my body was capable of that. And that's that's 445 (laughs) miles. And that's just the full marathon. So you add another 200 to that ish. And that's your halves. So it's like almost 700 miles that you're clocking in races. Like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, but again, I think that that is something when we talk about like, just loving yourself, how do you not love yourself after you accomplish something like that? And so that's one of the reasons I love, you know, talking about racing and just kind of, you know, 
getting into that. And it's a way to create this space for you to love, you know, Jenna, I know you talked about this your first episode and you know how I think like growing up the body that the bodies that we saw that were kind of raised up weren't always, we kind of were on the tail end of like curvy becoming in quote unquote. And you know, I was definitely like one of those people. And it wasn't until like, I found that like having a, a larger bootay was like getting <laughs> up hills and running all these miles. I'm like, that's where my power comes from. And you have this like great sense of body positivity that you can get from racing. And I think everyone stands to find that, um, even if it's not like about a specific aspect of you, it's again, I did this and this accomplishment, like I love my body because it got me across this finish line. And that's, you know, a really big thing for me too, in terms of getting into nutrition and running coaching in this space. I in the last race that I did was like thanking my thighs and being like, I'm so sorry. I hated you my whole life. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Cause I was so unprepared. And that like, was the Bermuda uh, one, right? In the cold and in the like, cold in the hills, the hills. And it, <laughs> Like I just get me through. I you can do this. I love you. Thank you. I remember like looking down. Like there's <laughs> so much power to all of this. Um, but Sam, do you have any final questions before we ask Shelby where we can find her in all the spaces? <laughs> I think that's what everyone's going to be wondering. So if they're a runner and they want to find you, what is the best way for them to find you? Sure. So my Instagram is Racia to the kitchen. So you can find me there. Um, you can reach out to me from there or email me at racia to the kitchen at gmail.com with any questions. Um, especially right now, even if you just need support and direction because races are canceled, um, we will race again. You know, <laughs> I think that the biggest thing, this is, you know, temporary. We don't know how long, but we will race again and you can still be accomplishing things right now that will get you towards those goals in the future. Even if the races that were on the calendar no longer are, it's, it's hard, but you know, we will race again. This isn't permanent. And you know, if anybody connected with the lost part of my story and it has nothing to do with running, please reach out to me too. Because again, if it's, if what I had to go through allows me to connect with one person that I can help, then that is something that I could take this experience. So, you know, I love to talk. I don't know if that's been clear, <laughs> but I love to talk. So, you know, I'm always here for that. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you we've, for having me. We've absolutely, this brightened my day. Um, and just okay. love connecting with you. And thank you again for sharing all of that. So, until next time, sending you big kisses. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a great day. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. We know there are a ton of pods out there, and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. Please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. 
We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.